And I think what most people do that kind of holds them back is they just don't start. <laughs> so they spend so much time learning and thinking that, that they don't actually get started and learn it from the real world. And I think the real world is actually, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's, in my experience, if you do something, you're going to get some results, even if it's not as good as you hoped. And those results will allow you to orient towards the next milestone. In a time plagued by groupthink, a tribe known as the Millionites have emerged from the depths of time to alter our trajectory for the betterment of humanity. These are their chronicles. Welcome to our community, where every single week we'll study the craft of some of the most successful entrepreneurial leaders in their given area of expertise. We'll take a trip down memory lane, long before the millions, to uncover their secrets to success and how they've achieved their goals. By doing this, we can fast track our way to success and live the life we've always dreamt of. So, whether you are looking to attain financial freedom, location independence, or reaching the millionth mark of your milestones and more, then you've come to the right place. Stick around to find out what works, what doesn't, and how you can reach your millions. If you would like instant access to our back catalog, visit us at beforethemillions.com. And now, your host, DeRay Olaleye. What's up, BTM community? I'm your humble host, DeRay Olaleye. And this is episode 17, guys. We're, we're, we're trucking along and i'm glad you're here to join us if you're new to this show welcome 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 we're glad to have you you're gonna have a lot of fun you're gonna get a lot of insight and you're gonna be motivated and inspired to, to take your business to the next level or to get your business started or to start investing and you know this episode we're talking to derek pankow and derek is a is a digital nomad he's a he's a fascinating entrepreneur and he's in the the digital marketing space and although you know, I know that there are a lot of listeners who are looking to get into marketing because I think that marketing is very important. I think that marketing and sales go hand in hand. And, you know, a lot of my online businesses, they run simply because I'm trying to be a great Internet marketer. And, you know, we often have digital marketers and people with the sales background on the show. And we also have real estate entrepreneurs on the show. And you may think that these are two totally separate industries in which they are to be able to couple the oldest asset class which is land or real estate with you know what we have available to us today you know we're we're privy to a lot of things that our parents and our grandparents were you know the the internet age the the dot com age like you know the 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 world wide web is so fascinating and there's so many things to do on there and there's so many ways to to help people and there's so many avenues that that you can travel down you know, just just with the click of a button. And it would be behoove of us, regardless if we have a local business or a business that operates through the phone or whatever the case may be. I think it would be very smart of us to make sure that we're keeping up with the times or staying ahead of the times and either converting everything online or having some type of online presence, some type of online brand. So with that being said, what I like to do is I like to open online businesses, whether it's an e-commerce store, whether it's a marketing platform, whether I'm helping, you know, I'm providing a service and helping other online businesses excel. You know, I like to kind of stay in the online space. And I think that when I couple my experience in the online space and when I when I have real estate assets to fall back on or to leverage or, for instance, a lot of us, what we do, and, and and rightly so, I love it, is we take our real estate and, you know, we buy our first property or or, however, or whatever it is that we're doing, and we take the profits from that, and it may take us a year, and we buy our second property. And now that we have two properties, we take the profits from both of those, and we buy, you know, maybe two more properties, but this time it takes six months because we have two properties making money for us. And now we do, do it again, and maybe we buy two more properties or four more properties, and this time it only takes us four months or three months or whatever the case may be. But, you know, you're creating that snowball effect with the profits that you're making from your business. And 
that works and that that's a, a quick way to really, really build up your snowball really, really fast. But my timeline and, and, and the heart and the deadlines I've set for myself, the goals I have for myself are, are are enormous. And, you know, if I were to follow that path and that path alone, you know, it would take me a lot longer to achieve the goals that I'm looking to achieve. So, you know, early on in my career, I knew that I wanted to have, you know, I wanted to find the newest, baddest, bestest thing out there, which is, you know, things via the Internet these days, because anything brick and mortar is is quite frankly limited to the geography it's in. So, you know, the newest, bestest, fastest thing out there is what I wanted to funnel, you know, into my real estate. So what I do is I open up online businesses and I own multiple online businesses. And what I do is I literally have everything go from my online business to my real estate business. So let's say I have four online businesses, you know, so picture four online businesses and picture one real estate business. So you just kind of have this funnel in which everything is going from my online businesses into my real estate business. So I'm building, you know, wealth in a category that's been proven for years while I'm making that wealth in a category that's very shaky, very volatile. And who knows what's going to happen in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. But hey, it's here now. And, you know, get it while the getting's good. <laughs> That's why I couple those those two asset classes because they're totally polar opposites, and I think I think that it's fascinating to kind of be able to to put those two together and and, and wreak some havoc. In a nutshell, that's kind of why I have a lot of internet entrepreneurs on the show as well because who doesn't want location independence? You know, if you're if you're operating a business fully one hundred percent online and you literally can operate that from your phone, then you can operate that business anywhere in the world. So every single business that I've started that I'm building is fully location independent and will always be fully location independent. That's one of the first things that I keep in mind when I find a new partner or when I want to start something new or when I want to start, you know, building towards something great is, you know, will this tie me down to a specific place? So that's one of my one, one of my biggest whys. And I, you know, I definitely advise you, you know, as a as a loyal listener to to figure out your your why and always be be aligning your goals with what, with what your why is. I don't, I don't think that we think about our whys a lot in our daily lives. And if we do, it'll help us make a lot of our decisions a lot quicker and a lot more geared to our overall goal. If you haven't already, visit our resources page at beforethemillions.com slash resources, where you'll find a ton of resources based on my experiences and some of our previous guest experiences. And you know, only put up the best, best, best content on our resources page so that you can be rest assured that they've been fully vetted. And the resources page really is really just to help you guys and facilitate learning. There are a few uh, affiliate links on there, which I'm sure you don't mind, but very, very little, maybe like five to 10% of the links. So I'm not pushing this to, you know, profit or anything, because again, there's barely any links up there with affiliates, but but I, I, I did want to disclose that with you guys, even though there has been not a single dollar made off of the resources page because most of the links aren't affiliate links. But I do want you guys to visit that page as often as possible because there are a lot of good stuff on there. And I visit it often, especially when, you know, there was a, a, a good tool or a good resource a, a guest mentioned and we decided to put it on there and I forgot what it was. And, I, you know, it's it's one of my go to go to page. I have a bookmarked on my phone. Apart from that, guys, man, everything's been going so fast. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, man, I'm, I've been I've been working my butt off. I've been trying to get a couple things off the ground really getting into building funnels, just kind of giving you guys a sneak peek of some things to come, learning some new software, helping clients out. I've been building some 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 funnels and some businesses from, from for certain clients and helping people take their businesses to the next level. And in my business, I you know, I'm getting ready for a money raising round and it's been, you know, it's been a lot of work just, you know, getting prepared to get prepared. Yeah, we're looking to get quite a few more more properties under our belt before before the end of the year to reach our goal. Speaking of, if you are interested in in real estate at a higher capacity, you're interested in doing bigger, larger deals than some of the some of the things we discuss on here, you know, quite often we're discussing getting into your first deal and and house hacking and and possibly buying a duplex or a fourplex and you know all of that is great is dandy is awesome and you know i think that caters to the audience that's listening to the show 
at the same time, and by the same token, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm covering everybody. And, you know, one thing that I do do with my accredited investors is we invest in large apartment buildings. So per SEC rules and regulations, and I'm not really allowed to talk about it a whole lot. So if you if you are accredited and you're looking for higher returns than you're possibly receiving right now in the investments that you are invested in, shoot me an email, let me know, and we can have a conversation. We can meet up for coffee or for lunch or whatever, and we can figure out if our if our goals align and if we can possibly work together. So again, I can't talk about any specific deals that we're looking at currently just because of the SEC, but yeah, feel free to email me. I don't want to don't want to let the cat out the bag too early, but feel free to email me at Daray, D-A-R-A-Y, at UrbaneWealth, U-R-B-A-N-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. That's Daray at UrbaneWealth.com. I'm sure there'll be more to come and more I'll be able to share with you guys on, on future episodes. But again, we're in the very early stages, and I think now is the best time to get in if you if you definitely want to get in. And the word accredited is this big fancy word that everybody likes to throw around. But simply put, what an accredited investor is, is an investor who makes at least $200,000 a year or a couple who makes $300,000 a year at least. Now, the caveat to that is an accredited investor can also be someone who has a net worth of one million dollars and that's excluding their primary home or basically yeah their primary residence so if you meet any of those qualifications you are accredited and we're able to work together so you see guys i'm, I'm working with all types of people i'm i'm working with new entrepreneurs who who haven't quite decided what what route they want to go and what business they want to open and you know what freelancing they want to do you know i'm working with start out companies and start out businesses and i'm helping them build their sales funnels and showing them how to market and how to how to sell and you know even the accounting side of things and then i'm working with high net worth in the individuals and helping them invest and you know so i'm i'm really trying to cover cover <laughs> cover everything across the board and you know it's been hectic it's been busy and i love it though i love it. if you haven't already please share this podcast with a friend have that friend share the podcast with the friend and and let's let, let's grow this thing let's grow this baby i think that word of mouth is the best organic way to grow your podcast or to grow you know we're, we're trying to we're trying to get to as many people as we can this is some good stuff some powerful stuff and i definitely think that people you know who are who are hip to this you know, way of thinking, need to hear this. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. And we just need to get more people on board, man. We just need to really just tell our friends and tell our, tell our family, like, hey, like, you know, what's currently going on in your life? And again, this is not for everybody, but, you know, what's currently going on in your life is not is not the end all be all. And, you know, you ask people what their 10 year goal is, and, and most people have no idea or they have this this crazy 10 year goal with no actual plan in place to implement it. And it's, you know, it, it, it worries me. So I definitely, definitely, definitely want to get, you know, resources such as my podcast and other podcasts and, and some of these blogs that, that we follow and things of that nature, get these things out to as many people as possible. So with your help, I think that we can do that. So again, please share this podcast with, with anybody you think it may help. And that's all I got for you guys this week, man. Let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's go soak up this knowledge. And, and I'm excited. So I'll see you guys on the other side. We recommend only the best books on this show. With that being said, we can understand the urge to read the last book you've heard an entrepreneur get excited about. Well, guess what? You can go read it right now. We've partnered with Audible, an Amazon company that produces high-quality audiobooks. Together, we are offering, and for free, a 30-day trial and one free book as soon as you sign up. So, if you've been eyeing a certain book but haven't quite been able to pull the trigger yet, we'd love to cover the cost for you. Just visit audibletrial.com slash before the millions to start reading or listening to your next free book. The link is also in the show notes of this episode at beforethemillions.com. Today, I'd like to welcome Derek Pankow to the show. Hey, Derek, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing splendid. It's a pleasure to have you. Derek is a serial entrepreneur. He got his first start in affiliate marketing and then built multiple businesses in the e-commerce industry. 
He sold $600,000 worth of t-shirts just using Facebook ads. He built a passive income supplement company, fully location independent, and recently founded Flexer, the world's first foldable pull-up bar, which raised over $32,000 on its first day on Kickstarter and is at over $120K in funding now. Derek is also an active digital nomad. You have lived and worked in 28 different countries. Currently based in New York, but tends to travel to Thailand, China, Malaysia, Tanzania, Kenya, and Ukraine in the next 12 months. Derek loves building companies that he can operate from anywhere. That said, his sights are set on building tech companies in Silicon Valley. Derek is completely self-taught. He's a high school and college dropout, and his highest degree being his middle school degree. (laughs) <laughs> love that Derek let's talk about let, let, let's take it back for our listeners and I've provided some context as to where you are now and what you're doing and you know you've lived and worked in 28 different countries and you know you've started these businesses from scratch but let's let's kind of give our listeners some context let's take it back to, to younger Derek and, and talk about you know your middle school degree and you know high school and college and some of the challenges that you may or may not have faced and and kind of how you've created this path that you're on now. Yeah, totally. So I think it all started for me when I was around 13 or 14 and someone left a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad on my coffee shop table. Yeah, on a coffee table at my house. And I picked it up and this book is really about the difference in mindsets between people who are wealthy and people who aren't. And it follows the trajectory of someone who has two father figures, one who tells him, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job and look for security that way. And another father who built a real estate empire and was an entrepreneur and the differences in beliefs that they had. So reading that book at a young age had a big impact on me. And I kind of, within probably a year of reading it, sort of decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur and started reading other books, Tony Robbins, Robert Allen, and kind of lost interest in school at the same time. So I spent a lot more time and energy just kind of reading and researching on my own rather than than kind of putting energy into school. And I, yeah, I I sort of, my grades were getting worse and worse. And I decided that, you know what, this really isn't what I wanted to do. So I dropped out of high school. My parents wanted me to to stay in school while I was living with them. And I was 16 years old, community college and took business and real estate and web design and graphic design and skills that I thought I might use in the future. And then I dropped out of that at 18. And yeah, that was was kind of the, the high school and dropout story. (laughs) Okay, Derek. So this awakening moment happened for you at the age of 13, 14, which is such a young age. And, you know, when it happens that early, I think that those are those are kind of the effects of, of, you know, such a mindset. You're just like, man, I don't know. I don't know if this, you know, school thing is is kind of kind of the path that I need to be going down. And, you know, you see you read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book and you see, you know, two different lifestyles, I guess, kind of ahead of you or two different paths in which you can follow. So, you know, what kind of I guess what kind of since you have this this spark and this ignition of, of how you kind of want your lifestyle to look, what was the first thing you kind of did to to kind of go on the path that you wanted? Well, I think reading was the first step. But then as far as taking action, I think I tried to connect with a few different real estate groups. But I think, at least for me at the time, I found it difficult as a as a very young, young kid with no money. So I started working for a couple startups in the personal development space. And that's how I started to learn internet marketing. So that was just when Google AdWords came out. So we were, we were very much like today, if you look for guides and books on Google AdWords, there's hundreds, if not thousands of them. And it's very easy to learn. Back then, there was really only one or two people talking about AdWords. And we really just had to start spending money and figure out and see, you know, what works, what doesn't work. There were some tools like A-B testing tools that you had to install on your own server. Nothing like Optimizely or Visual Website Optimizer today. So yeah, we we kind of got, I I guess I got into the digital marketing industry back when it was still the wild, wild west days where there weren't really people who knew what they were doing and we all were kind of figuring it out. But yeah, so to answer your question, I got a couple jobs in the internet marketing space before I started doing my own thing. And I think that helped a lot in terms of just having the skills and experience to, to be able to build web-based companies in the future. Why, why did you choose the internet marketing space? What did you see about that space that spoke to you, that told you that this would be a viable option to kind of set up, you know, set up your base and set up your foundation to prepare your future? 
You know, I think I didn't actually think about it that carefully. I think it was pretty much luck. I was just looking for a successful entrepreneur to work for. And the entrepreneur I found happened to be in that space. I think if I had found a real estate entrepreneur, I probably would have ended up in real estate. But I, I, you know, at 18 years old, I was looking around and saying like, okay, I want to find someone who knows what they're doing, who can teach me business and work for them. I actually went up to him and said, hey, can I work for you for free? And that's how I I got got my foot in the door for the first three months and then started getting paid after that. But yeah, I I just happened to luck into the industry, I think. Okay. And I love that. I was, that was definitely my next question. So I'm glad that you touched on it. I was going to ask, how did you convince your, you know, I'm just going to call him your mentor for, you know, lack of a better word. How did you convince your mentor to work with you? And it seems as though, you know, you, you, you kind of did the, Hey, you know, I'm willing to work for free and, you know, show you my skill set or show you, you know, that I'm, that I'm serious through my free work. And hopefully through that, then we can formulate and build a relationship from there. So I think that's amazing. So did that relationship trying to transpire into something greater? Did you move on from that? Or how did that work out for the next few months, the next few years? Yeah, so I worked there for about nine months. And it was, I learned a lot. I was, it was a good relationship. And then I think after nine months, there, there were a lot of, he was great at digital marketing, but I think there were a lot of structural issues with the company and the way that it was run that I, that wasn't sitting well with me, I guess. So I got another opportunity at a different company and decided to kind of move on from there. Yeah. So that's how it went, but we're still in touch, you know, and I think it was a really good start. Okay. And what, what are some of the skill sets that you're picking up from the, these various companies that you're working at at such an early age? So everything needed to sell products online, I guess. So traffic generation, a lot of paid traffic. So AdWords and other traffic sources, how to write copy that sells, how to build sales funnels. So collecting email addresses, going to like low-end products at first and then upselling high-end products, building sales funnels that encompass both online and offline sales channels. So sending people to from email to to products to to like sales calls or in-person free events that pitch higher end like high-end products. Let's see. Yeah. Basically the whole how to sell products using paid traffic to to different flows, uh, different upsell flows. Okay. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit later. I have some nagging questions in the back of my head, but I'll keep those. So let, let's kind of transition, kind of keep going down your path. And, you know, you're learning, you're learning how to copy and you're learning upsells and downsells as far as, you know, how to work your sales funnel online and offline. And you're picking up these skills, but you're picking up these skills in the capacity of working for someone else or, or helping another business kind of get off the ground or continue to maintain or whatever that business is doing. When did you start using these skills to kind of create your own business? Yeah, I think I would. I was trying things here and there, even while I was working for other people. But I think the first thing to really take off for me was affiliate marketing. So for the listeners who aren't familiar with that, that's where you're selling someone else's product. You don't have to create the product. And all you're doing is generating sales. And if you generate a sale or generate a lead, then you get paid for it. So my first success in affiliate marketing was in the online dating space. So I was using Google AdWords to send traffic to websites like Match.com and eHarmony, and they would pay me between 3 and $5 for every free account that someone opens, or $60 for a sale. And I was able to generate traffic at a rate that was... I was getting paid about double of what I was spending in AdWords. And so I, I was able to take that to about... I think just over $10,000 a month in sales. So the net net profit was probably like six or $7,000. But, you know, I was like 21 years old at the time, which was, so that was decent money for a, a you know, a relatively young person. But <laughs> yeah, but AdWords, it's pretty much impossible to do that on AdWords today. Basically, I had my campaigns running successfully for a while. And then one day overnight, Google just turned off my account and 30,000 other people who were doing similar things on AdWords. So that was a, that was not a fun day, but it was a good learning experience anyway. Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. So you started off in the affiliate marketing space. Would you recommend for, for a listener who's kind of trying to get into the digital marketing realm to start off in affiliate marketing? Would you say that's the easiest, you know, bestest, I guess most bestest use of your time starting now, just kind of learning the ropes and figuring out what this whole digital marketing thing is? Probably not. 
it's a very cutthroat industry. It's extremely difficult, I would say, to do affiliate marketing successfully. The one exception being if you're building an audience. So if you're creating a site that's designed to to kind of have long-term value, attract an audience, build an email list or a podcast that attracts a large listener base, I think it, you can do affiliate marketing well that way where you're selling products to, a, to an audience you're building. But if you're doing paid traffic, I would say that's a very difficult space to get into as a first timer. Yeah, you, you need to have a lot of different skill sets to make it work. You need to know how to buy traffic. You need to know how to write copy. You need to know how to do a lot of testing. There's a lot of kind of insider stuff going on in that industry. So even if you're even if you wanted to, let's say, promote dating, you might only get, be getting paid $3 a lead and someone else might be getting paid $5 a lead for the exact same offer because they know someone who gives them a sweetheart deal. So it's, I would say it, the right person to get into affiliate marketing is someone who has a good amount of experience already in digital marketing, but it's, it's not really a friendly place to get into for a first time. If you're looking to get into affiliate marketing and you don't kind of alluding to what you said, Derek, if you don't already have a brand or if you're not looking to build a brand or an audience, it's going to be very difficult to promote somebody else's product, especially with the know-how that goes behind that, such as knowing how to copy, knowing how to create landing pages, knowing how to maybe even create the whole website, maybe, you know, knowing how to, you know, email autoresponders. There's so much that goes into that. And, you know, and first and foremost, you have to know how to sell. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's so much that goes into that. So yeah, if you're, if you're not, if it's not something that you're looking to do, if you're not passionate about it, if it's not a long-term play, if it's not something that you're looking to grow, you know, over time, then yeah, I, I agree with you. You should definitely not you know, waste your time because there are many, you know, let's just call them gray hat and black hat things going on that you may not be privy to because you're new to the space and you don't have the connections that people who have been there for a while have. Kind of moving down your path, Derek. So you started in affiliate marketing and you saw some success in that. And when that well finally finally ran dry, what did you do? Was there a panic moment? Was there a day in which you had to kind of figure everything out or did you kind of notice the transition as it happened and you prepared yourself and you started building other businesses? What 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 kind of happened when once that well ran dry? Yeah, no, there was definitely a panic moment. <laughs> it's <laughs> let's, quite let's an talk experience. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there was a I had a little bit of a ego factor going on. I think I was like, oh I'm twenty one years old and making all this money, you know, and then having it disappear overnight. It's just I think it was both jarring financially as well as like on an identity level of like, oh, you know, like maybe I'm not, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think when that AdWords campaign got shut down, I continued in affiliate marketing for a little while longer using other traffic sources, but nothing really, I didn't get anything else to perform as well. And so I transitioned to freelance work for about a year and a half. So instead of buying traffic for affiliates, I was buying traffic for clients, copywriting for clients, all while trying to get other projects started. So I got a couple info products, projects started, some moderately successful. And then about two years later, got into e-commerce, which was when when things really started to to do a lot better for me. Okay. What was your first e-commerce product? My first e-commerce product was a drop shipping website selling foosball tables, table soccer. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And this was kind of your first, I guess, taste of physical products and kind of having to deal with that, even though, I mean, it's drop shipping, so you're not actually dealing with the physical product, but this, this was your first actual product in hand rather than like a dating website and you referring, you know, referring members, you're actually selling products. Right. Exactly. Okay. And you had this transition and now I guess you're, 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 you're back in the, you're out of the red and you're back in the green and you know, things are going good. You know, what, what are, are you, are you planning on growing this business? Are you planning on, on just kind of letting this, this business kind of run as is and looking to do other things? How are you expanding and how are you growing from there? Yeah. So one thing I learned when I was building the foosball table dropshipping company was I was shocked at how easy it was to sell physical products compared to digital products. So the environment that I grew up in, you know, to sell a product, you had to buy traffic, send it to an email list, write a long form, you know, sales letter. It was just a very long and involved and difficult process versus selling the foosball table was, you know, this is the Tornado 3000. It costs $2,000. The description is like 100 words. 
then there's five photos and then people come to the page and they buy it. And there's no long and involved sales process. So once I kind of had that experience, I realized, wow, e-commerce is much easier than selling information products. And there's a reason why, you know, the e-commerce industry is a multi-hundred billion dollar industry while, you know, information products is just a few hundred million dollars, probably because A, it's much harder to sell and the market's just much smaller, you know. So that's kind of when I realized, okay, I need to transition into e-commerce and really put more energy there. So I was building out the foosball table company, but at the same time, I was launching a bunch of other projects. So I had a supplements company that I launched and then at the same same time launched a t-shirt business. And as the t-shirt business kind of took off really, really quickly, I put aside the foosball table company and kind of just let it run itself for a little while. And then I actually gave it to, to my to a mentor of mine. So he taught me how to build the store. And then within about six months, it, it was still you know making money, still at about $10,000 a month in sales, but one to 2000 in profit. But yeah, at, the, at that point, the t-shirt business was doing sometimes over $100,000 a month. And I was like, you know what, I can't run this business. It's taking too much time and energy. And even selling the company would have taken, you know, a, a few months of P&Ls and financial statements and kind of dealing with brokers. So it was just like, you know what, I can't run this. I don't have the energy to sell it. I just gave it to the mentor who taught me how to build it as like a thank you and then focused on building the t-shirt business instead. Love it. Love it. So this, this, Derek, this is where things get fascinating. And I kind of want to dive into, into this, this story a little bit deeper. So let's talk about your mindset. Let's talk about your lifestyle. Let's talk about some of the things that are going on in your, in your life while you're building these, these businesses and why you're building this, these businesses. So you're a young guy and I'm presuming that you were in New York City at this time. So. You know, all your friends are, I'm, um, you know, maybe in college or maybe, you know, they're kind of on the same, same path that you're on. But, you know, w- what's going on around you and who are you leveraging? What were your motives at the time? Were you looking to be location independent at the time? Were you already location independent? And what were your driving factors? Was it your family and friends or a girlfriend? Like what was going on in, in your life at that time in which you, you wanted to start building, you know, big businesses and making a lot of money? Yeah, so I was actually living in Thailand and Vietnam at the time. So the the foosball table business I started when I was living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, in the north. And then the t-shirt business when I was living in Vietnam, in Saigon. And then I moved back to northern Thailand when I was building. So I started the t-shirt business when I was living in Vietnam, and then I moved back to Thailand as I was scaling it up. So I was already location independent, kind of surrounding myself with other location independent entrepreneurs and yeah when you go to Chiang Mai (laughs) exactly exactly yeah yeah and as far as motivations I think long term I want to be building like billion dollar companies in Silicon Valley that shift some sort of direction in where humanity is going and I think a lot of I view a lot of what I do as building skill sets to be able to do that so learning how to acquire customers learning how to hire learning just different skills needed to, to make that happen. So I think that's kind of what I'm building towards. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, the reason I asked what your why is, is because your businesses are in so many different niches and with so many different business models. And it's kind of like, well, you know, Derek is doing this and he's doing that. And these two things aren't really related, but these things kind of are like, so the overarching goal, you know, is no longer location independence. You've achieved that. You achieved, you've achieved that years ago. That That mile marker has been past, you know, so, and then as far as being, you know, financially free, you've also achieved that you've achieved that years ago, that mile marker has been passed. So, you know, now, now in present day, you have, you know, you have your supplements, you have your t-shirts and you are, you know, coming out with, you know, the flexor, these different industries and these different business models, what, what is the overarching goal? Like what is, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about Silicon Valley and you want to give back and you want to help and you want to provide, I guess, a mindset shift or kind of kind of turn people to things that they aren't normally, you know, made aware of or privy to and maybe maybe change the culture. But what is your overarching goal? What is your, you know, your, your, your true desire? What is your why? What keeps you going every day? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with learning. So I do tend to start businesses in a lot of different industries and fields. And I do that because I want to learn. So I think I would probably have made more money if I had just found one thing that worked and then just stuck to it and repeated it. And a lot, there's a lot of you know very successful companies that do that. But I think I would have gotten bored 
And I feel like I would have learned less. So yeah, I like to sell different products using different business models. The idea being that I want to learn. So with Flexo, for example, which is a pull-up bar that folds up so it fits in a carry-on bag, which we're launching on Kickstarter. Yeah, I wanted to learn how to, A, create a product from scratch, not one that's being drop shipped and, you know, not like a t-shirt that's being printed, but but an actual product that, you know, we had industrial designers and engineers build from scratch and then go through the patent protection process. And, and yeah, so I wanted to learn how to do all that. And I, I also wanted, so the, the t-shirt company sold $600,000 and then it basically went from five or six figures a month in sales to zero within about 60 days. And I've had similar experiences in the past with, let's say, the affiliate marketing. And what I've realized is that in a lot of the the digital marketing slash location independence space, there's a lot of discussion about tactics. So there's, you know, how do you get traffic to your website? How do you how do you sell ten thousand dollars a month using Facebook ads, et cetera? But there's not a lot of discussion around strategy. So things that might more commonly be discussed in business school. So things like the defensibility of your business, the intellectual property protection, like th- that kind of thing. And I think I've been learning a lot more about that in recent years. And I, ca- I wanted to build a business that had long-term defensibility and that could provide either cash flow or be sold to a much larger entity for a much larger multiple a couple years down the line. And so the, the idea with this company is that we, we would create a, new, a brand new product that we can patent that nobody else can sell because most of my other companies that were successful were successful because they knew how to buy traffic, but they stopped being successful because if you're just buying traffic, anyone else can also do it and jump in and you don't really have a moat versus with this product, we have a moat and you know once our patents get approved, nobody else will be able to sell what we're selling. And so I think we'll be able to, to, to continue to build the business and then eventually sell to like a Bowflex or a Lululemon or something, if that made sense for everyone. So th- that's that's kind of the, the thought process behind that. I love that. I love that so, so, so much. And you're, you're, you're creating the, this bottleneck system, which, which rightly so you should. So talking to your, your prior self, your t-shirt business self, what would you tell yourself, you know, looking back, what would you tell yourself to have done differently? I think... I'm really glad I did that business. I learned a lot doing it. So I wouldn't tell myself to change or to not do it. I think I would pay more attention to the long term. So instead of just, you know, buying buying clicks for 60 cents and making, you know, X dollars a sale, I would focus more on building email lists and Facebook pages and and growing out an audience of people who are buying products regularly. And I know other people in the t-shirt industry who did that and kind of transitioned out of just, just flipping shirts. So, you know, you might find that. So we were, we were probably selling to 300 different markets. So we, if we found, for example, that t-shirts were doing well to people who liked to rock climb, like we could have expanded that from just t-shirts to also selling pants and rock climbing gear and stuff like that. So I think I had the targeting and the, I knew who was buying, but I was only selling them one product. So I think I would have thought more about the long term and built more of a real brand and more of a real asset in the different industries that we were selling into. But I, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot. And if I were to if I were to tell my younger self something, I think I would I would tell him to to study business strategy in addition to just the tactics. Like I spent a lot of time studying tactics, studying what's going on in Facebook ads. How do we boost conversions by you know X percent? but I didn't study business strategy as much. And I'm really like today when I'm listening to podcasts or when I'm reading articles online, I, I probably don't, I don't spend that much time on learning the tactical side anymore. And I'm spending a lot more time thinking about the strategic side of business. But I think you need the tactical side, especially if you're just starting a new business, you need the tactics to, to be able to generate the sales. But I think it's also important to build the strategy skills as well as the tactical skills. There you have it, BTM listeners. We're we're dropping gems today, guys. So so I hope you're taking a lot of notes. This is fascinating stuff. And I definitely agree, Derek. I think that when it comes to tactical things and when it, when it comes to strategy, I think, you know, one of the strongholds in the digital in the digital marketing realm, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the strongholds is to definitely 
have and build a, a powerful email list. I think that that is very, very important in your business, no matter where you're getting your, your, your customers, your clients, where you're getting your conversions from, how you're getting them, you know, just a simple opt-in page before your landing page, things like that. I think that an email list is, is very crucial because no matter what happens to your business, no matter what happens to the formula that you created last night, that's, you know, making you a hundred million thousand dollars. If that, you know, if that, if that faucet, you know, goes dry tomorrow at the end of the day, like your the powers in your email list, you can take your email list and you can still promote to them. You can still, you still have that to hold on to. Would, would you say that that's one of the most important things to you now? I would agree. Yeah, totally. Having a email list makes your business much more defensible for sure. Okay. So let's kind of talk about your current holdings, Derek, and let's talk about Flexor. Let's talk about how it came into inception and, and was it something you kind of just dreamed up one day and it's like, Hey, I'm going to create a pull-up bar. How did, how did this start? What were you going through multiple different, you know, products in this niche? And then you finally found this and, and kind of talk about the coming of Flexor. Yeah. So I came up with this while I was traveling and every time I had to move countries or visit a country, I would have to break my workout routine. And, you know, I knew how to work out without equipment. So through doing push-ups and squats and, and various other bodyweight exercises. But the one exercise that you can't really do without equipment is the pull-up. And it's one of the most important exercises. So I really wanted to have a pull-up bar that could travel with me. And having lived in cities like San Francisco and New York, where, you know, real estate is at a premium, you, you don't have a lot of space, traditional pull-up bars just take up a lot of space. So for both living in the cities that I was living in and wanting to travel, I just wanted to have a pull-up bar that would fold up and, and be very compact when I didn't need it and then could expand to, to full size when I needed it. So that's kind of how I came up with the idea. And how I validated it was, so I knew that I wanted this product, but I didn't know if anyone else wanted this product. So I did a lot of research in terms of how the sales volume is distributed on Amazon. So there's a tool you can use called Jungle Scout that lets you figure out how many sales any product on Amazon is making by taking the sales rank of that product page. So I would go on Amazon and take the number one through number 10 selling pull-up bars, pull their sales ranking, plug it into Jungle Scout, figure out, okay, so these guys are selling $50,000 a month. These guys are selling $60,000 a month. And then just look at the distribution of sales among different pull-up bars. And what I found was that number one, people are buying a lot of pull-up bars. Number two, there's a lot of products that are very similar. So there's a lot of Me Too products. And number three, the products that are unique tend to do pretty well. And number four, there's a very even distribution of sales, which is what you want when you're launching a new product. So what you don't want is if you're going into selling shoes, for example, you might find that in men's dress shoes, Kenneth Cole has 95% of the sales and everyone else is fighting over 5%. So if you come into the industry, you're probably going to get a fraction of that 5%. Versus in pull-up bars, it was like the sales were very evenly distributed, which told me that even if I came in and I got into number six, we would still be making $20,000 a month just on Amazon. And typically, retail companies, if you're able to get into larger retail stores, you can make 10 times the money you're making on Amazon through selling to retail. So that's kind of how I did the market research was figuring out that, okay, I think there is demand. I think there is a good distribution of sales. It's not dominated by any other company. And then also just talking to a lot of people, talking to other people who are into fitness and into travel, talking to people who are selling products in the fitness space. And it seemed like a lot of people thought it was a good idea as well. And at some point just decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this product. Love it. Love it. How did you go about creating the, the prototype and what were some of the challenges that you faced? Yeah, so I actually hired the designer through Upwork, which is a freelancing marketplace. Originally, I hired five different industrial designers to come up with two or three concepts each. And then I took the best industrial designer slash mechanical engineer that I found in that process and worked with him to create the prototype. The first prototype that got made really wasn't very good. It, it kind of fell apart. And then so, you know, we, we learned some stuff from that process and then threw out all the designs and redesigned the whole thing from scratch. And then the second prototype came out pretty well. So, yeah, I think probably the main challenge in this time period is, is everything takes a long time. So as an entrepreneur, I think I like to run, I like to operate in like sprint mode. But with this product design project, it was it was like, all right, you hire the designer, you t give him the specs, and then he takes a month to design it. He comes back, he gives you what he has, you give some feedback, he goes back, you wait two weeks, 
you get the designs back. Okay, you give it to the prototype shop. They take two months to make it and then another two weeks to ship it from China. And then, okay, 10 weeks later, you have the prototype and you have some changes. You go back to the designer, you wait a month. So it's just, it's a lot of waiting, which I found, I guess the main challenge was just having to, to wait a long time for things to get done. In US-based companies, I think this would be less of an issue because you would have your own design shop, you know, with all the equipment, maybe 3D printers, and you don't even have to buy all this yourself. You could do it in, I think there's, they're called hacker spaces where, you know, they've, they have $500,000 worth of equipment and you can pay $200 a month to access all the 3D printers and, and metal bending stuff and all that stuff. But, you know, not living in the United States and, you know, not knowing how to operate that kind of equipment anyway. Yeah. Working completely virtually, it just took a long time to work with designers and, and prototypes. I'm glad I had that experience, but I think there's also something to be said about building this in the U.S. and just doing it really quickly using equipment that's physically near you rather than rather than doing it in China. Yeah, yeah that definitely makes sense. And and you're solely selling these products on Amazon, so you're, I'm guessing you're using the the Amazon FBA method, correct? Yeah. So the supplements was uh, Amazon FBA. The Flexer will be on Amazon FBA and our own site and in retail stores. Okay. Okay. And we kind of, we kind of glazed over the supplements really quick, but just in case any of our listeners are curious, let's, let's kind of give them a 30 second spill on, on that business and how to incorporate that or how you incorporated that business model to be successful for the supplements. Yeah, I think so that business model, I don't know if you can really do it today. So that was when Amazon FBA was just starting to take off as a business model. And I built that company essentially following exactly the advice that you'd find on most of these websites and podcasts that talk about Amazon FBA. So you find a product that's selling for between $10 and $30 that has decent sales volume that doesn't have too many reviews on, on, the, on the top five competitors, private label something, put it up on Amazon, give away a bunch of products for free to get reviews and sales volume, and then turn on paid Amazon ads to, to drive sales in the beginning and, and drive your rankings. And then once you have some money from the first product through the organic sales that come now that you're ranked in Amazon, then you launch more products. So that was basically the model that I followed and it did decently well. But I think today there's so much competition in the private label space. I really wouldn't recommend the method that I did for someone today. I think to get into Amazon FBA today, the way to do it would be to create a product that's actually different or better. I don't think it has to be better necessarily. It just has to be different really. So if you're going to create, if you're going to create like a French press, then don't just private label a French press from Alibaba, but like actually take it and maybe redesign the handle so it looks like a dragon or something and sell it to the Asian market. Or, or if you're going to create a supplement, then, you know, create something that's different than, than what's being sold. Like this is probably not, not the greatest example, but Bulletproof Coffee, you know, it's coffee, but it, he, he kind of changed the manufacturing process. So there's less mold contamination and now it's a multi-million dollar business so yeah I, I wouldn't just private label something today on amazon anymore i think there might actually still be opportunity to private label stuff and sell it on facebook ads but yeah i think the the, the private label amazon game where you're just doing me too products is probably over Okay, well, look, you, you, you've heard it here first. And, and, you know, I've definitely alluded to that on on previous podcasts that I think that that time has, has came and gone. But, you know, you, you see these things online, and there are a lot of people who aren't who don't necessarily, you know, who aren't in this space, so they don't know. And, you know, you, it's easy to, to buy a $2,000, $3,000 course and, and try something that, that no longer works. So I'm glad you're able to share that with our listeners. So kind of transitioning over, Derek, this has been this has been an exciting, amazing episode. I'm glad you're, you've been able to uh, drop a lot of these gems. And, and you know, again, listeners, y'all are getting this for free. This is this is high quality information and I, I, I'm loving it. So kind of rounding out, Derek, let's let's talk about let's talk about, you know, let's go back to your your, your life a little bit and, and get in, get into some of your business. So what's a typical day for you? Like, well, how do you you know, do you have any routines that you would kind of attribute to your success? And if so, let's kind of walk through, you know, what you do you know, on a typical day and how your day goes and what kind of, you know, routines you may or may not implement, such as, you know, writing in your journal and setting goals and things like things of that nature. Yeah, I think honestly, I'm not the best person at routines. I think the two routines that I have that really helped me a lot is number one, I'm always learning. So podcasts and audiobooks are a big part of me learning. So I'm always listening to something. And B, I think physical fitness helps a lot as well. So just eating well and going to the gym helps mental performance and concentration. 
And then let's see, as far as work habits, highly recommend checking out a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And I follow his processes quite a lot. So I, every day I empty my e- email inbox to zero and that helps declutter my mind a lot. And then I also follow somewhat follow up Pomodoro method where, you know, working 25 minute increments, though not always. I tend to like to do things in extremes. So I'll, I'll go for periods of anywhere from two weeks to four months where I'm just working almost every hour of every day. And then I'll go for a few weeks where I don't do any work. So I'm going to be in Africa, for example, in November for 20 days where I'm just not going to do any work. But right now, while this Kickstarter is running, I'm essentially working all the time. And I think that just kind of suits my personality a little bit better than something more consistent, I think. Love it. Love it. And one thing we didn't touch on is you have a a travel rewards course. Do you still travel hat to this day? Is that something that is something, you know, that you definitely do or you kind of, you know, have other means of, of getting around? Yeah. So most of the flights that I take are free today. Not all of them, but I'm going to Burning Man in two or three weeks and the flight out there is free and the flight back is 50% off. And then when I fly to Thailand in two, three months, the flight, I haven't booked it yet, but that should be free as well. So yeah, I think most of the flights that I booked today are free. And that's using a process called travel hacking where you leverage the the way that credit cards try and market to consumers by giving away free miles. You kind of use that system to get a lot of airline miles and points and use those points to take free flights. The best real estate investing advice ever show is literally the only daily podcast that I subscribe to. And now I'm prescribing for you. The world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's unprecedented. Visit joefearless.com slash show for the back catalog. Enjoy. You are listening to the Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions podcast. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? I really like Zero to One by Peter Thiel. What's that book about and why do you like it so much? So Peter Thiel's one of the early investors in Facebook, and he founded either PayPal or X. So PayPal and X merged to become the PayPal we know today. He founded one of the two, Elon Musk having founded the other one. Yeah, and this is him talking about what creates billion-dollar companies. It's companies that, as the book title suggests, go from zero to one. Things that it goes from something not having existed before to existing rather than from one to three. So rather than taking something that exists and making it better, you're actually creating something that's never been done before. So it kind of takes that concept and explores a lot of things around things that people find counterintuitive. So people often think that competition is good. You want to see some competition in the industry you're going into. But really, the most successful companies in the world are monopolies. Like Facebook is a monopoly over social networks. Google is a monopoly over search. And how, you know, if you really want to build a successful company, the goal in the end is to become a monopoly. So it's it's a lot of counterintuitive things that you would really only know if you had built several billion dollar companies. So, yeah, that's probably the book that I'd recommend. Love it. Love it. And, you know, this is also an investing podcast. So I do have to ask the question and, you know, speaking to Elon Musk and and SpaceX and PayPal and all of that. So do you do you currently invest your money in in any paper assets such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, anything like that? I actually invest most of most of my money into cryptocurrencies. Not most, but the only investments I have are in cryptocurrencies. I used to have a good amount invested in index funds through Betterment, but I pulled most of that out about a year ago and have put them all into cryptos. Is there any specific reason as to why you did that? I just see that I think cryptocurrencies have a much brighter future. Yeah, I mean, I think the 9% a year that you could expect on index funds is a little bit less exciting to me. And yeah, I think cryptocurrencies are going to do a lot better over the next few years. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? There were definitely a lot of people that I had to disconnect with who didn't share. Yeah, just, I guess, leaving behind people with certain mindsets. Yeah, I think that's the main one that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. And that's a, that's a great, great, valuable takeaway. You know, you are the combination of the five closest people to you. So if there's pollution amongst us, then we definitely have to uh, separate ourselves so that we can excel, you know, purely and at a, at a much better, faster rate. So I definitely agree. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Let me see. So for each 
specific business model, I had a mentor. So when I was getting into dropshipping, I had a mentor. When I was getting into affiliate marketing, I had a mentor. I think in when I was working in the personal development field, I had a mentor who I still respect a lot and who helped me kind of figure out a lot of things on a personal level. His name's Decker, Decker Kunov. He's a incredible person who's created some incredible organizations. And I'm really grateful to have met him and to, to be able to work with him directly. I think a lot of people just watch him on DVD or, or hear him talk about things on podcasts. But I, I got to work with him in person and, and kind of learn a lot from him in person. I think it, it changed me for the better as a human. So, yeah. Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions? Yeah. You know, one thing that I've always found fascinating is that just about everything I've done has made some money. Even if I created a crappy, crappy website, threw up some AdSense on it and wrote a few articles, like it still made some money. And I think what most people do that kind of holds them back is they just don't start. (laughs) So they spend so much time learning and thinking that, that they don't actually get started and learn it from the real world. And I think the real world is actually, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's, in my experience, if you do something, you're going to get some results, even if it's not as good as you hoped. And those results will allow you to orient towards the next milestone. And it's really hard to actually see how you'll get to where you want to go if you can't see the next milestone. So really, I think the way to, to do it is to yeah, spend, you know, if you're going to get into e-commerce, spend a couple of weeks listening to podcasts and reading about it, but then just buy a Shopify plan, you know, it's $20 a month and just start building stuff and start selling stuff. And as you start, you know, taking action and, and, and seeing results, you'll learn just as much from what you're actually doing versus what you're reading and iterate from there. So I think probably lack of, lack of speed, speed is really important in business. So lack of speed and lack of action is probably how I'd answer that. I love that, Derek. I I couldn't have said it better myself. And those are some of my exact same sentiments. Just get started. Please get started. Please, Like if you don't get started, there's no way to have a positive result or a negative result. You'll just have no results. But, you know, whether positive or negative, the fact the fact that you get a result means that you're doing something and that you can tweak and you can modify and that you could improve and that you can go from there. But if there's nothing, if there's no canvas to work with, if there's no start, there's nothing like there's literally nothing in that. I, I love that takeaway. So in summation, I, I'm ecstatic that that we've been able to have you on the show, Derek. We've gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of value from you. And I thank you. If the listeners kind of want to get a hold of you, want to know where to get your products from, want to know how to find out more about you, you know, give us, give, give us it all. Where do we connect with you, Derek? Awesome. Yeah. Just search for Flexer, F-L-E-X-R, pull-up bar in Google, and that's how you can find my product. And then if they want to connect with me, just so my email is DerekPankow at gmail.com so that they can email me directly, or they can message me on Kickstarter. Either way works. Okay. Okay, great, great. That That's great, Derek. And again, I thank you for being on the show and you know talking about your Before the Million story, how you went from middle school, high school, college dropout to this super successful entrepreneur that that's literally killing the game. So definitely check out Derek's products, check out his Kickstarter campaign. And, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get you back on the show sometime soon and talk about, you know, more recent successes. So, so thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Talk soon. Ah, greatness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just want to give a special shout out to Derek Pankow again for being on the show. That was a Great show. Got a lot of takeaways from that. Hope you did as well. This was enlightening. And, and you know, if you guys are, are, are interested in, in marketing and, and digital marketing and internet marketing, affiliate marketing, all these, you know, crazy names that all kind of just mean the same thing, definitely start taking a look at some of these resources that you've heard us talk about. You know, I think that marketing and sales are the same thing. You know, if you can have the best product in the world, if you don't know how to market, if you don't know how to sell, you know, it means nothing. And you can have a crappy product. But if you market the heck out of it and you're a good salesman, man, I mean, I mean, the sky's the limit. So, you know, products at the end of the day, like, yes, like people desire these things. And, you know, it's something to to perfect if you do have a product. But I think that the real skill that you need to have is is, is sales, is, is marketing, is copywriting you know, things of that nature. So we'll definitely bring on a lot more copywriters, a lot more marketers, a lot more people in the in the digital world in some of the coming episodes to make sure that we're 
we're just keeping up with the times and we're implementing some of these these things that we're learning in our businesses. And, you know, we could always, regardless of what we're doing, I think that there's a way that we can always relate to a lot of these guests and we can always implement what they're doing in their business and ours, and if it, even if it's in a totally different niche. So with that being said, last episode, episode 16, we had Scott Trench on the show and we talked about I talked about living for free and house hacking and building your snowball and, you know, just kind of traveling down on your path to wealth. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I definitely recommend that you listen to it. It's a very powerful episode. And Scott actually had a very good book out and it's called Set for Life. And we talk about we talked about it on that episode as well. But if you're familiar and you haven't yet left a review to possibly get that book for free shipped right to you, um, go ahead and leave a review in iTunes for this podcast before the millions and will be automatically entered in a drawing and we'll pick one or two people from that drawing and I'll personally pay for your book and have it shipped to you. So if you're interested in being set for life and, you know, creating wealth through real estate or, or through house hacking, it doesn't even have to be through real estate. You know, you can buy your first house hack, live for free and then go on about your business, whatever it is that you're doing. It's that simple. So if you're interested in doing that, then definitely pick up this book on Amazon. Pick up my book, Get Paid to Live for Free, and you can pick up that book at beforethemillions.com slash book. Pick up one or both, or it doesn't matter. I just want you to get started. And again, if you don't have the means or if you're definitely trying to get Scott's book for free, then leave a review and you'll automatically be entered in our drawing. And maybe next episode or the episode after that, we'll, we'll announce the winner of that of that drawing. I think that's all we have for for you guys today. Definitely get out there, achieve, 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 set goals and set plans to achieve those goals and, and start creating these dreams. Start, you know, building the life that you've always wanted to live, whether it's location independence, whether it's taking care of your family, whether it's investing right, whether it's having your money work for you, whatever it is, just, you know, just start doing it, creating that lifestyle because, you know, you only live once and life is so short and, we can't sit around on the sidelines and expect things to happen. You know, you have to go out there. You have to make it happen. Let's go make it happen. And I really just wanted to drive that point. I think it's very imperative. So I think that's all we have for today, guys. I will definitely catch up with you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in. Holla. Bumba. Bumba.